0: This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Welcome. Today we talk about raising the rate of the appreciation for the Sing dollar. What does it mean for you? If you're shopping overseas, uh, is your shopping going to be more expensive if you choose to pay in Sing dollar versus any other currency? And then we'll take a look at interest rate hikes. Uh, Last week was the first time when I spoke with the Dean of INSEAD, who is also the rousing chair, um, professorship chair for business transformation over at INSEAD. Yeah, it was the first time that I'd heard anybody say they were expecting more than three rate hikes. Uh, Dean and Mihoff telling me he could see up Five rate hikes happening in 2022. So we'll ask my guest today for his outlook and we'll also take a look at inflation figures here in Singapore and see what kind of services have become more expensive and how far inflation has declined further. What we can see from right now and this week looks like a pretty tough week for Bitcoin, right? People. I don't know if you've been on Twitter and Reddit. There are these memes going around asserting that Bitcoin's price chart looks like Pikachu. You know, from Pokemon, looks like Pikachu's years. <laughs> you know, really high peaks and then dramatic falls. And if, you know, apparently it maps directly to Pikachu himself. So we're going to talk about, um, not so much a Pikachu pattern, but this week for Bitcoin and the expectations of Swapnil Mishra, adjunct mentor at Singapore Management University. Good morning, Swapnil. Good
1: morning. Good
0: morning. All right. Let's talk about MAS, the central bank tightened its monetary policy. It was a surprise off cycle move yesterday. The move meant to help strengthen the Sing dollar and combat inflation running at its fastest pace in nearly eight years here in Singapore. This is the titan, second tightening move in three months. So the MAS raised slightly the slope or the rate of appreciation of the Singapore dollar policy ban. The width and the level at which that band is centered has remained unchanged. So one of the three levers being used here. The next policy review is scheduled for April when it's widely expected uh, by economists for further tightening. That's what's expected. Ahead, Swapnil, help us understand what raising the rate of the appreciation of the Sing dollar means for consumers. So, for example, if I'm paying for my purchase overseas, should I be paying in Sing dollar or should I be paying in U.S. currency or the country's currency? <laughs> You're spending the money. So I think uh, ultimately <laughs> all the pricing, if you see a lot
1: of the you know international products like your Apple or, or you know these kind of products, they they have a very well calibrated system that you don't have the arbitrage. So ultimately, you know you will not be able to get much benefit because their price in different currencies will move uh, to align with the uh, uh, with the price exchange rate. God dang! The important thing here will be how you if you form a view on Singapore dollar as a currency, and how that view will play out on your investments which you may have made in US dollar. and that can be a meaningful. Uh, you know, impact. Uh, I mean, like, I, like for, for example, if you convert Singapore dollars into US dollars and buy, let's say, a bond which gives you 4%, and at the end of one year, if that, uh, you know, bond has given you, it matures, you get your money back in US dollars and you get 4%. But if the if Singapore dollar has appreciated by 4%, then actually you have not made any money in Singapore dollar terms. Mm. So, in investment decisions, this will become very crucial where. You are investing in a currency, and if that currency is going to appreciate or depreciate versus the Singapore dollar.
0: Got it. So let's move from what it means for investors to what it means for businesses and trade. Uh, will exports then become more expensive, and what will this mean for businesses? Actually, in terms of business, I think the net impact is going to be interesting. See, inflation targeting is what
1: every country is doing, it's just that they are using different tools for doing it. Yep. So, US or Canada, South Korea. Uh, New Zealand, UK was one of the first countries to raise rates. So all of these central banks use interest rates as a way of you know, managing, targeting inflation. Uh, by increasing rates, it should have an impact on the currency itself, which means the currency should become stronger as the interest rates increases. While in case of Singapore, it is a, it's managed on the basis of the exchange rate. And so it is quite possible that we don't see a meaningful uh, you know, change in the currency because each country will have their own pressures of uh, of uh, the currency becoming stronger and that may cancel out which means on trade the bigger impact may come from uh, um, elements of pricing and inflation and supply chain rather than just uh, currency uh, currency movement because all central banks across the world are essentially facing more or less the same problem which is inflation
0: the move is meant to tackle higher than expected inflation so will it stave off inflation in terms of our experience of global inflation here in Singapore actually this is this is if you see this is a
1: follow up to what they what MAS did in October mm-hmm. right so in October they made that change in the slope which is okay let's let's you know we, we start talking about the appreciation they didn't move the band i think they will have to see whether this change is 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 kind of you know putting some kind of a break on on the inflation if it does, then maybe, you know, they don't need to do anything. But if it does not, then a more drastic step, which will be shifting the band or uh, shifting the absolute level itself uh, may come across. And, and I mean, they have done it in the past. I think 2015 is when they did it. So uh, they, they, may, they may do it if the data doesn't show the slowing of the inflation.
0: All right. So if you look through today's commentaries, uh, a lot of people wondering whether or not the tightening of monetary policy might lead to a delay in the planned goods and services hike, the GST hike from seven to nine percent, and whether this in fact does pave the way for the raise to control inflationary pressures. So, you know, if they both happened, right? Um, Tightening monetary policy, the Fed raises rates several times this year. And we see a GST hike. What does that mean for the consumer? Does this mean that I'm going to experience even higher prices? So the consumer end of the day, so this is not good news for the
1: consumer. Uh, I think that that is absolutely clear. It is not good. The, uh, and, and in a way, this is the passing down of the costs. Right. So there are multiple costs that have been incurred in the last few years. Businesses have suffered. There has been delays, for example, construction delays are happening. And each delay, each such challenge is a cost. Ultimately, that cost has to be borne in some way. Even the government has been spending, so there is a cost which is attached. And what the regulator would want, what the central bank would want, is to pass on this cost in a slow and gentle enough manner that it doesn't disrupt the consumption completely and yet allows it to be absorbed uh, in the economy and the only saving uh, i mean one possible good thing that may come out for the consumers especially place like singapore would be if singapore dollar appreciates and the currencies in the region then the cost of goods in terms of imported costs is going to go down and that may act as a counterbalance so i would say as a view i would be happier if singapore dollar appreciated and uh, reduced the import imported price uh, and allowed Uh, adding this cost of uh, GST and and, uh, inflation control pressures uh, into the economy.
0: Let's move to interest rate hikes. Last week was the first time that I heard anybody on my show as a commentator say that he was expecting some five hikes. And that was from Ilian Mihov, Dean of INSIAD. Um it started with three, then we heard market watchers say four, and then we've heard five on this very show. So investors are expecting the Fed to signal tonight that it plans to raise rates in march we spoke to federated Hermes yesterday and they say that they're expecting the first move to come in march not so much after today's meeting uh tightening monetary policy for the first time since borrowing costs were slashed to near zero soon after the pandemic set in about two years ago what is your outlook in terms of number of hikes and rate of increase my feeling is that uh, in, a, in a way uh, it's the way fed negotiates in,
1: in fact the the way it operates is very similar to the way a parent would do it with a child. Like I do it when you say, you know, you, you do one hour of math and you get 30 minutes of technology time. The problem is if there is a tantrum and the person walks away or makes a noise and starts crying, then you tend to give in. And I would say based on uh, the feds, at least in this case, Powell's uh, you know, behavior in the past uh, you know, three, four years, when there has been a tantrum and tantrum over here means the market correction. Mm-hmm. So if there is a strong market correction, it is seen as causing panic enough to say, you know what, we won't do uh, so many rate hikes. Okay, fine, we'll we'll do a little bit less. And so we talk more, but we do less. So I'm in the camp, which is that we won't have the luxury of being able to do five hikes because there are too many uncertainties which we'll be nervous about. And added to that would be the entire earnings also. So company earnings are being announced and some are good and some are not so good, which adds further pressure to the entire economy. So you're not
0: in the five camp... You're in the three to four camp. Uh, Destabilizing is a big risk. They don't want a
1: complete collapse uh, because that can become a much, much serious problem Mm -hmm. if everyone starts deleveraging and Mm -hmm. asset prices start going down. And that's I I, I don't think they will try their luck with that outcome.
0: All right. So some say the market has already priced in rate hikes. Um, Besides this, what are some of the other matters that the Fed might be considering at the meeting tonight?
1: Uh, I mean, I would say inflation data, of course, is something that they would track. Uh, linked to that is the entire uh, confusion around the labor-related uh, data, which is also not giving a very clear uh, signal, and in a way, forcing you know policymakers to deal in, in in completely uncharted territory where there is inconsistency. You know, wages are rising but not enough. There is this whole great resignation; people don't want to participate. So, how do you factor in this? You know, unemployment and inflation correlation with data which is all over the place. I think those are factors that they would want to watch uh, as as economists. Uh, what they would be uh, nervous about would be the reaction in the equity market, uh, the way we have seen in, you know, in the first oh, few weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt like <laughs> the first 20 seconds in the you know, Battlestar Galactica roller coaster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. My favorite 20 seconds, by the way. Um, so let's talk a little bit about labor market data. Some say the pandemic is really, um, interfering with the way that, that data is collected and interpreted. And that perhaps is why, uh, U.S. labor market seems stronger than, is stronger than it seems is what some commentators say. Um, what, are, what are your views on the labor market and U.S. markets in general as we move towards a pandemic normal?
1: I think the framework itself uh, will have to be revised because the new normal or rather the normalizing in terms of the traditional ways, may not happen Mm. because some of the disruption may be much more permanent and long term in nature like the participation of the workforce or even, you know, the, the number of workforce which has retired and the new workforce is behaving in a completely different way. Right? So mm-hmm. If 20% retire and the new 20% is, is a completely different generation, then they don't fit into that framework which is currently there. So I feel normalizing will not happen this year. Uh, and what will end up happening is a new kind of framework will evolve where they account for some of these things like even labor participation and motivation to uh, and willingness to work. Those things will have to be measured differently.
0: So are you part of the generation that's uh, part of the wave of the new resignation, the resignation <laughs> wave? What are you doing <laughs> now, Savnir? <laughs> uh,
1: yes, in, in a way you can say that I'm part of that. wave. You I are. didn't make that connection, but yes, I did. Uh, uh, but I'm I'm on a mission and uh, I'm working on a book on financial literacy and I'm building a, a wealth tech platform, uh, you know, helping investors find the Zen in investing. So that's Zen. You're going to get us uh, to
0: investing Zen. That's wonderful. Yeah. This wealth tech model and platform <laughs> that has not come to be yet, but you are working on. Correct. Okay. Give us some exclusive <laughs> heads up on. Is this going to be available to men on the street, people like me?
1: yes it is designed to bring you know what 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 a private banker would do like what i used to do in in the private banking days for 30 clients i'm sitting inside SUT and working with some really smart people to figure out how to bring this out and do it you know offer it to uh, everyone
0: all right we look forward to hearing more about wealth zen our new Zen master, Swapnil Mishra. All right, let's go back to interest rates and, and uh, you know three or four, since you're in that camp, three or four rate hikes this year, 2022. What would that mean for consumers here in Singapore, Swapnil? I think one would be the connect, uh,
1: impact uh, through the interest rate because uh, higher in, uh, rate hikes would have an impact on U.S. dollar exchange rate. And so U.S. dollar seeing FX or exchange rate will get affected. If a U.S. dollar appreciates a lot, then... It will continue to put pressure on, you know, the import prices and inflation in Singapore. So that's, I would say, that is one link. The second is um, the negative one, which is if they do go with maybe four rate hikes mm-hmm. and it destabilizes, which means, you know, their sentiment turns negative. Mm-hmm. So there is immediately an impact where. Uh, equity markets uh, start selling off in Asia. And yeah. the second more uh, dangerous one is the deleveraging that might happen. Mm. And deleveraging can affect asset prices, right? We have seen this in the past where emerging market is vulnerable if interest rates rise too much in U.S. dollars because then money starts, you know, getting, like, positions start getting unbound. So yeah. deleveraging is a risk that I would consider as a risk for uh, Singapore or or Asia in general.
0: Are we already seeing that in the tech sector, people choosing to go underweight there?
1: Yes. So that is a growth, growth immediately suffers, right? Mm -hmm. The discounting models uh, immediately, like they show that these companies, you see companies like C and Grab, I mean, they they are struggling because their entire story was based on growth and uh, that's, Uh, That requires a very benign interest rate environment, (laughs) but you never know.
0: Interesting you bring that up. In just a while, I'm going to be taking a look at what analysts are saying. Is it better to buy C or grab? So that's coming up in minutes. But first, let's talk a little bit about uh, inflation here in Singapore. So for the man on the street, they've heard core inflation has spiked because of services inflation. What kind of services have become more expensive?
1: Uh, the the, uh, the uh, main has been the airline or f s uh, and I think that has been linked to the whole d l opening so travel has gone up and the fs have been the ones which have been most uh, biggest contributor and uh, uh, the second would be i would say food and uh, food as well because uh, as a combination of both import inflation and second is uh, due to supply chain shocks so uh, that's also contributed to the inflation uh, ranks also has has been a case which which may be linked to the delays in the in the uh, projects, or residential projects, could have affected that. But the rent is also a contributor to the uh, inflation.
0: But core inflation excludes accommodation, right? Accommodation, it is excluded. Yes. Mm-hmm. And private transport costs as well. Oh, correct. Which oh. has actually gone down. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's it's the
1: airfare and uh, services which have gone up.
0: All right. Um, how much further room does inflation have to climb here in Singapore, in your opinion? See, the economists got it wrong by
1: by a bit, right? So they they had, I think, forecast 1.7, and the rise was 2.1. Now they will revise the forecast. Um, I would say, uh, as long as oil and food don't give us a surprise, it should stay, you know, contained within the revised forecast that they are, that they will have.
0: All right, get uh, it. My
1: my mm-hmm. worry is uh, uh, My worry is oil and uh, food because those can they can suddenly, yes. uh, you know, come in.
0: That would be brutal. Um, Let's look at Bitcoin now. Speaking of brutal... Bitcoin heading for its worst week in eight months. I don't know if you've seen these memes going around of the Pikachu pattern. If you look at Bitcoin's price chart, it looks like you can see Pikachu's ears at the peak and then, you know, sharp declines as you make your way to Pikachu's round head. Uh, Bitcoin's <laughs> plunge, 40000 was that initial support level, but we've seen Bitcoin fall below that now. So is there a new uh, sort of support level for Bitcoin and that 100000 by June mark that some commentators were talking about? Is that even more a distant goal? Um, I, one thing which has been very interesting is,
1: you know, as, as Bitcoin positioned as a store of value and uh, its correlation to gold. So gold we have seen go up and Bitcoin has gone down. So clearly the inflation hedge uh, hypothesis has been uh, demolished. Yeah, demolished. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a better word actually. Yeah, <laughs> um, and at the same time uh, these speculation you know this uh, speculative money in Bitcoin has increased and that could also be because there is a regulatory caution which has increased so in a way you know they've, they've prevented the real economy money to go into Bitcoin and it's only the speculative money which is going so it's not really investments but rather mm. for from a, almost like a gambling point of view you are investing mm-hmm. and that will only contribute to more volatility. And you know, and you combine it with the fact that Bitcoin intrinsic value is very difficult, uh, because there is no intrinsic value. It's not like a company or a corporation. So speculation will continue. These kind of volatility will continue. I I would say the only uh, only good thing that will happen out of this, and which is what I would want that you know investors are able to get access to them is. You know, basically the blockchain technology,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that is the real value that is emerging from this. And that technology has applications in many places. And those mm-hmm. applications are still being, you know, built, developed, tested. So we may have a situation which is like, you know, dot-com bubble where the dot-com, you know, crash, while it hurt, it did give us the internet, right? So That's, like, so that's a great,
0: great point. Great, great point. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Meantime, El Salvador is dollar cost averaging. You know, the price of Bitcoin hasn't been this low since July 2021. And so president of El Salvador tweeting that uh, the country has taken advantage of the price drop to buy 410 Bitcoins for $15 million. He says some guys are selling really cheap. So do you think that the price plunge that we've seen this week is really about emotional trading? Is there... Uh, room and ground to for a bearish long-term stance? Uh, I think the stance is more volatile r- rather than a directional
1: bearish stance. I, I, I would put it that way. Because the amount of uh, participants are less, uh, leverage is high, which means volatility is going to be uh, very high
0: mm. for Bitcoin. All right. Well said, Before we let you go, we can't let you go without a sense of what you are listening to music-wise. What's on your playlist that mirrors the markets?
1: Living on a prayer. (laughs) That's what I'm listening to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice one, nice one. Gets a round of applause from us here in the studio. Swapnil Mishra, joining us live. As always, a joy and a delight. Thank you, Swapnil.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Swapnil Mishra is adjunct mentor at the Singapore Management University. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.